Um, if you have your Bibles, be turning to 1 Peter, 1 Peter chapter 5. It's near the end of your Bible, if you, uh, if you don't know where that is, near the end of your Bible. 1 Peter chapter 5, we're beginning the first part of our um, Seven Deadly Sins series. The first one we're tackling is, um, is pride. Uh, it's, a, it's not a small, light topic. And to be honest with you all, I had... Um, they got about six points. More like, oh, sorry, not, I'm not exaggerating. More like eight points. And I limited it down to like four. And I still, I, I just, I mean, I just can't say enough about this particular sin and how it is just so deeply marred and affected and, yes, ruined our, our existence. So, First um, Peter chapter 5, verses 5 through 7 is where we'll be. And uh, this is God's word. Let's, let's pay careful attention to it. It says this, starting in verse 5. Likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders, clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility towards one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that in the, at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all of your anxieties on him, because he cares for you. I have a feeling I'm going to hit my head on this thing. There we go. Um, carbon monoxide. I'm not sure how much y'all know about carbon monoxide or heard about carbon monoxide. But, but as a homeowner, that's something I had to become aware of. We got a little detector now in our house because carbon monoxide is a very, very dangerous, um, I guess it's called a gas. Um, you know, it's, it's colorless. It's odorless. It's tasteless. It's just a, a, just a hair denser than, than the air we, we breathe in. And so, um, but, but carbon monoxide, it, it, it'll kill you. It goes undetected, but it, it's deadly, lethal. It kills you. And, and carbon monoxide is so different than f- a fire, which is just as deadly. But with a fire, you can see it. You can feel it. Um, you, can, you, can, you can see it coming, and you can usually escape before you're consumed, or hopefully escape. Carbon monoxide... You can't even tell it's going on. It's just, it's odorless, tasteless. Little, just a hair denser than the air we breathe in, and, and therefore, to me, much more dangerous. Um, to me, pride, pride is so much like carbon monoxide, because it's so, so hard to detect in us. Oh, it's so hard to detect. Jonathan Edwards, one of the great, great American theologians, said this, Pride is the most hidden, most secret, and most, um, most deceitful of all sins. Hard to see like carbon monoxide. Deadly like carbon monoxide. Actually, I would say more, more deadly. You see, carbon monoxide, it, it can only kill the body. Pride kills the soul. Pride, let's just get a working definition here. Pride refuses to depend on God and be subject to Him, but attributes to self the honor due Him. Another guy said this, Pride is when sinful human beings aspire to the status and position of God and refuses to acknowledge the, um, Him and their dependence on him. Guys, just practically speaking, if you want just a really practical definition of pride, um, pride is me thinking too much about myself 
and too much of myself. That's just a practical definition. It means thinking too much about myself and, and too much of myself. And you know what? We said, remember last week we said that these seven deadly sins, they're called seven deadly sins because they're root sins. And so, you know, all these other host of sins, um, great sins, huge sins, it, you can trace them down to a root. Usually one of these seven deadly sins. But let me just tell you this. If you want to trace the other de- de- seven deadly sins, the other sins on this list that we're going to talk about, down to a root, it would come down to pride. Um, great theologians, C.S. Lewis said this, pride leads to every other vice, every other downfall, every other sin, every other, every other addiction. You boil it down to its root. You find pride. Pride is the original sin. You know that was, you know, you know, y'all know how, what happened to Satan, right? You remember he was an angel? Did y'all know that? He used to be an angel in the presence of God. And what happens? Him and the fallen angels, they, they aspired, they desired, they wanted to be um, or have the recognition and place of God. And one of the first temptations Adam and Eve faced in the garden was, hey, if you eat of that fruit, guess what ha- will happen? You'll be like God. Guys, I cannot emphasize this enough. Out of all the sins out there, this is my opinion, you can disagree with me. Out of all the sins out there, in my opinion, the one God most detests, most hates, is pride. I think I have over 90 verses printed off here, 90 verses about pride with the words pride or proud in them. Um, in them, I mean, and, and they're all loaded without how God hates the proud, the proud person, how God resists the proud person. In our verse tonight, it says, God opposes the proud. Do you know how horrifying that is to be opposed, hated, resisted by God? You know, I think it's utterly impossible for, for, for us as finite people to grasp the infinite disgust God has against pride. Because you understand right, and I hope you're not going to lose me here. Here's one of the reasons why I believe that, uh, that, that pride is the most heinous of all sins. Maybe you're wondering why, but because you see God, what he's most zealous about, most concerned about, It's his glory. That's the ultimate end to all the means. For instance, let me just give you an example. Jesus dying on the cross. A lot of things were accomplished by that. Yes, he died out of love. It was an act of grace. We see justice. We see all kinds of things taking place. But if you had to boil it down to the ultimate reason why Jesus hung on that cross, it was for the glory of of God. Isaiah, and there I could give you I could give you a truckload of verses. I'm just giving you one. Isaiah 42:8 says this, I am the Lord Yahweh, that is my name, my glory. Feel that, my glory I give to no other. God's deepest motive of his heart is his own glory. How do you feel about that, by the way? That God, the deepest motive of his heart, his chief concern is his own glory. How do you deal with that? How do you feel about that? A little angry about that? Wait a minute. I thought it was because he loved me. Oh, do we start seeing the pride start welling up already? 
I thought this was about me, Kyle. This is why, again, to, to add to the, this argument of why I say this is the most heinous of all sins, this is what a guy named Jason Myers says. He says, other sins lead us, other sins lead the sinner further away from God. But pride, oh, pride is particularly heinous because it attempts to elevate the sinner above God. Pride is me competing. Listen to this now. Feel this. Pride is me competing with the supremacy of God. Pride is me trying to trump God to replace him off his throne and to receive the glory and recognition that is only due to him. I'm competing for that. That's pride. And because, God, because pride is so hard to spot, as we already said, we're going to talk about kind of the faces of pride. What does it look like? How does it come out? Um, a few points on that. The faces of pride. First, we see it come out in self-exaltation or self-promotion. This is where I take credit for what God has done. Um, an example of this, uh, you, we, we read, y'all know about Nebuchadnezzar and the story of Daniel, I hope. But this great king, the greatest king at the time, the king of Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar, said this. In Daniel chapter 4, four verse 30, he was looking out. He comes out on his porch. He looks out at the great Babylon. And he says this. Is this not great Babylon, which I have built by my mighty power as a royal resident for the glory of my majesty? Like, Nebuchadnezzar comes out, sees Babylon, and he's like, look at this. Look what I've built. Look how powerful I am. I mean, he constructed some of the greatest wonders of the world. He, he had the strongest army in the world, and he was the king of all of it. He's like, look what I've done. Look how powerful, how great I am. Look what I've done with my hands. And before we say, oh, Nebuchadnezzar, oh, cannot believe that, that guy. Oh, he was a heathen, wasn't he? Let me ask you something. How's it go when you make an A for the test? You know, you, you, you're a smart kid, right? Smart high school student. You killed those ACTs. Crushing it in school. How's that go? What, what, what's the response there? Or after a game, a successful game or an achievement, is not our first response, man, am I not so smart? Whew. Am I not so athletic, so gifted, so talented? Look what I have done. Look at the colleges I'm getting into. Look at the guy I get to date or the girl I get to date. Look how attractive I am. Even now, guys, I'm, as I'm teaching right now, I can tell you, I stand up here and, and when I get done, like one of the things that I, I want is, man, Kyle, way to go. You, you got us. Wait, bravo. And I sit there and I think, yeah, I did pretty good. with the tongue that God gave me, with the, with the books from the, that, that were provided for me, with the brain God gave me, what, what do I have to take credit for? 
Yet, I think, yeah, I did pretty good. This is me. I want the spotlight, the attention. I want to be the center of the story. You know what this is, guys? This is cosmic plagiarism. Y'all know what plagiarism, right? Your, your teachers don't like that. When you take credit for somebody else's work, you know, that, that, there's some serious consequences for that. In college, you can get kicked out of the whole, the whole program. You can get a, you'll get a zero probably on your test or your paper if you, you plagiarize, take credit for somebody else's work. Your teachers know to hate that. Yet here we are, day in and day out, taking credit for what God has given us. And God hates it. He resists it. He opposes it. Cosmic plagiarism. If you teachers hate it, how much more does a holy God hate that? I think it's uh, John 3, verse 27. We are told that, that we don't receive one thing, not one thing unless it's given to us from above. That's one face of pride. Another face of pride, self-pity. Some of you are out there thinking, well, Kyle, I'm, I'm in the clear on the first one because, well, I'm very bold and claiming, I, and everybody knows that I'm the first one to talk about how I'm not smart. Um, I kind of have this woe is me attitude. Um, I, I, I always am talking about how terrible I am and, and woe is me. I feel so bad. I mean, all I'm, I'm like, you know, I just always feel bad. I'm always, you know, putting myself down. No, I'm just terrible, not pretty, not smart, not talented. Woe is me. Don't be fooled, guys, because this is still excessive self-focus. And it's still putting yourself in the place of God. You know, so a lot of times I'm telling people how terrible I am just so for them to tell me, like, no, you're not. Like, Jenna, Jenna man, Jenna, I'm so, I'm horrible. And she's like, no, Kyle, I'm like, fell for it. Yes, thank you. That's why I married you. no. Or when we don't perform well. You know, we don't perform well and we feel so bad and self-pity and we loathe around. And, and isn't that just because that we didn't look good in front of others? It really has nothing to do with God. You see, somebody said this, self-exaltation is pride's response to success. Self-pity is pride's response to, you ready for this? To suffering. The woe is me. Everybody should feel bad for me. I want you to pity me. It's pride's response to suffering. Let's keep going. Another face of pride, self-reliance or self-sufficiency. This looks like a couple different things. First off, and this is so key, guys, listen to me. And I think this is one of the most significant parts or faces of pride that we see day to day. It's this simple, simply, I resist God. Um, you know that feeling that you have that I don't want to deal with God, talk to God, think about God, talk, you know, engage others about God? Like, I just rather not have to think about God. You know, we have a lot of excuses about not reading our Bibles and not praying, like, oh, I don't have enough time, or I got too busy, or I think if you really boil it down to, it really is just pride. You know, because deep down, deep down, we don't think we really need God. We don't really want God. So I have it on my own. I can take it on my own. But these excuses of I don't read my Bible because of this, this, and this, 
The reality is it's just pride because there is a lack of dependency on God. Oh, I got this. I'm the man. Right now, guys, there's, the, the culture is feeding us a narrative right now. And I think you know it. You've heard it. You know, that the, the true purpose in life is to be true to yourself. Oh, be true to yourself. Live life your own way. Do your own thing. Do you realize that that message is laced with pride? I can do whatever I want without anybody telling me what to do. Because I'm, I'm, I'm my own man. I'm self-sufficient. I don't need God and I don't need authority. And, and by the way, for those of you who struggle with authority in here, again, boiling that down, it's not, oh, my parents are so annoying. It's I have a pride issue because I don't like being told what to do by anybody because I'm my own God. Not only that, but those of you in here who, who are worriers, and you're like, oh, worry is my thing, and it doesn't seem like a big deal, right? Boil, boil worry down, and you got this here still. Because what worry is, is me, instead of depending and relying on God, I take it all on myself, and I freak out. Because i got to do all on my own. Instead, I stubbornly refuse to cast my cares on God. I, instead, I try to take it all on my own. Last little, last face before we, we move on is self-righteousness. This is another face of pride. This is me taking credit for my own righteousness. This is me thinking that my righteousness gives me a status before God. How many of y'all in here, don't raise your hand, I mean, I'm going to tell you down the front and not that you would, but, but how many of you in here, but when you're going to go before God and you're like, I really need to pray about something, I have a need, a desire, and I want to take it before God, but all of a sudden you find yourself doing a checklist and if you pass the checklist, then you're much more um, ready and willing to pray to God about your needs. You know, oh, wait a minute, I did this, 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 and this. Therefore, God will hear my prayer and give me what I need. Self-righteousness. Boiled down to pride. That my righteousness is good enough. Self-righteousness makes it where I'm slow to admit, admit mistakes. Those of you who like to blame shift and not take responsibility for your, your own mistakes, self-righteousness boiling down to pride. And there's many, myself included, so much more aware of other people's sins. Oh, I'm so, I'm so in tune with what you're doing wrong. I, you want me to tell you what, what everybody else on staff is doing wrong? I got a list, and I don't like them. Oh, if this staff member would do this, and this staff member would do this, and I see this, and oh, he's got this problem. But for me, well, it's not that bad. I'm doing worse, and I, I find a way to excuse myself, yet I'm so focused on their sin because it's self-righteousness or pride. Right now, some of you are thinking, man, I hope this person right next to me is hearing this lesson. Man, I hope... <laughs> Hope they're paying attention, that self-righteous jerk. Ah, pride exposed again. I said that was the last one. I have one more. One, another face of pride is, unth- uh, is, is thanklessness or entitlement. How many of us actually give thanks to God for anything? No, I tell you what we do for whatever reason as is, is, is humans. I find that people are quick to be, call, cry out to God, like when 9-11 happens or tsunamis happen or a great tragedy happens, and we say, what's going on, God? How could you do this? 
How could you allow this suffering? Here's a question we should be asking that I can't understand. How could God ever allow good to us? Do y'all realize, all of us, myself included, the only thing we deserve in here is hell. That's it. Yet do we give thanks for anything? Of course not. Yet when things bad, bad things happen, wait a minute, God, what's going on? I should have had, had more. You should have given me better. I'm entitled to better. All boiling down to, to pride. All this is pride, me putting myself in God's place, saying that I am worthy and deserving of his praise, glory, honor, and attention. Guys, God ferociously hates pride. So let me quickly put my cards on the table before we move on to the next point. I want y'all to, be, I, want, I don't want to stand up here and be like, hey, you know, uh, you, you, and let me put my cards on the table. Just recently uh, in a staff meeting, you know, I've been thinking about this, studying this, consumed with this. I go into a staff meeting with this rolling around in my brain, and, and I remember sitting down, and, and I hear uh, Dr. Young give uh, another guy a compliment. Hey, way to go on that event. You, you way to go. And I'm sitting there thinking, does, does he not know what, what I did? And I was like, oh, wait a minute, that's pride. Okay, okay, I know this. Okay, stop. And then, then, then I, I get to a place where I need to ask a question because I didn't understand something. But I didn't want to ask that question because it might look bad on me. And I was like, wait a minute, that's, that's pride. So I was like, okay, I'll, I'll ask the question. Hey, you know, what about? And then another staff member answers my question. But the way they answered, they kind of looked at me kind of strange, like I was stupid. I kind of felt like they were putting me down. And I was like, wait a minute, you, you know, I, I, think, I think we can do a debate right now. And we, I can maybe out debate you. Probably not. I'm not that smart. But... But then I was like, well, wait a minute, that's, that's pride. Like, I didn't like the way they responded. Okay, that's pride, stop. And then I sat there and I was starting to think, man, Kyle, <laughs> I wonder if anybody else in this room realizes their pride like you do. Way to go. I mean, I'm pride about knowing about that I'm pride. It's like, way to go, big guy. Oh, wait a minute. That's pride, that's, that's pride in action. Guys, even right now, as I'm standing before you, there's a, there's a big part of me, of my heart, and only God knows the percentages of my motives. I, I, my heart deceives me. But I stand before you right now, and I promise you, one of the, my heart's desires is that God would be glorified tonight, that his word would be taught accurately, that your lives would be changed, that you would know this God, walk with him, and change, and, and, and be conformed to the image of his son. I want you to know that with everything in me, well, most everything in me. But then there's this other side to me. Right now, right this very moment, but as I stand before you, I am battling and desiring you to think that I'm awesome. You to tell me how great of a job I'm doing. These leaders back there to tell me, Kyle, way to go, man. You're an awesome leader. For our elders to go to our, our head pastor to tell him, hey, this Kyle guy, he's doing a good job. For me to be exalted and glorified and worshipped. What a wretch I am. What a wretch. Who do I think that I am competing with the supremacy of God? Who do we think that we are? God opposes the proud. And he gives grace to the humble. You see, if pride is my worst enemy, humility is my best friend. Humility, which is self-forgetfulness. Thinking less of self. So how do we root out pride? And 
humble ourselves. Look in your Bibles. Verse 7. Casting all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. This is one practical, easy point. An antidote to pride. You ready for it? Confessing your need to God. God, my day is hard. God, I need just God, I need you today. When you get up in the morning, acknowledge your need because your pride hasn't slept. Even though you're groggy, your pride is wide awake and ready to go. God, I need you. Right now, my, my flesh resists you. I need you. You know, when you read your Bible, guys, I don't know. I, I'm not here to say, man, every time you read your Bible, you're going to have just an awesome time. But I'll tell you what reading your Bible does. It puts you in a, in a position or makes your heart have this attitude of dependence. God, I need you, your word, and I'm coming before you to receive from you. Because I need you. You're that important. But if you want to ultimately root out pride, let me tell you where, 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 you, where you go and what you do. You go to the cross. You go to the cross. This guy named C.J. Mahaney wrote this book called Humility. You go to the cross, and this is what we see at the cross. He says this. Every time we look at the cross, Christ seems to be saying to us, I am here because of you. It is your sin I am bearing, your curse I am suffering, your debt I am paying, your death I am dying. Nothing in history or in the universe cuts us down to size like the cross. All of our inflated views of ourselves, especially in self-righteousness, until we have visited a place called Calvary, we have inflated views of ourselves. It is there at the foot of the cross that we shrink to our true size. Guys, when we survey the cross, think about this. Where can we boast? All that we have done is put him there. It's my sin he's bearing, my curse he's taking, my debt he's paying. Where is there room to boast? Except in my sin and in Christ. Have you seen the cross? We sing the song, Wondrous Cross, and it says this, When I survey the wondrous cross, on which the Prince of Glory died, my richest gain I count as loss, and pour contempt on all my pride. Have y'all seen the cross? Have we seen the cross? And as we close, I gotta ask you, some of us in here, even in the back, sitting there cutting up the whole time, not giving a rip about things of God, pride, the, the arrogance of that, the absolute arrogance. Do you not know who this God is? Do you not care about who this God is? The arrogance in front of this God. Do you not know him? To cut up the whole time. Joke the whole time. Do you all know who you're trifling with? If you did, 
That wouldn't be the response. Awesome. So I ask y'all, are you trusting in Christ? And I think this is a good moment to take a moment just to thank God for what he's given us, confess our need for him, and confess our pride to him. And so let's do that. I'll close in prayer. Um, Father, we, we, um, we are a prideful people, and you oppose the proud, and that puts us in a very bad position. Um, we have con- competed with you for the glory that you alone deserve. We have tried to replace you off your throne and put ourselves right there in a place where only you belong. And you alone deserve glory, and you are passionate about your glory. And again, that puts us in a bad spot. So I'm asking, Father, for those in here um, who do not know you, that you would work in their hearts right now. Father, for the rest of us, we are in awe of the fact that you, your son would come and die for people as wicked as we are, as prideful as we are. We're still prideful. We want that to be ripped out. And so we're asking that you would just expose us and open our eyes to the glorious wonder of your, the cross. We cannot do this on our own. We're asking your spirit to do it for us. We ask for this in Jesus' name. Amen.